Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. They're the best in the business. And not only find you exactly the right insurance, so you're covered. And look, they do much more than just insurance. I mean, they work on various plans to help your business. Various plans. Yeah, you want to set up, you know, you want to set up a retirement fund? Yeah, they're working. They work on all sorts of things. They're fabulous with it. And they'll also do everything they can to save you money. Maybe it's a bundle, but they'll, you know, anywhere they can go across state lines to find better insurance rates, they'll do it. You know, wherever it's proper to do so. And not only that, they give back to the community. The Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament will be August 4th. Matt just shot a 200 par 69 at Wingfoot. <laughs> Fabulous. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Oh, beautiful day, isn't it? Gorgeous day. And great day to go out to the lot. Check it out. Hey, you start dreaming a little bit. And guess what? They have the ability to make dreams come true. They'll work with you. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, keywords 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Medina Spirit fights on on the outside midnight bourbon. Not even his owners thought he was going to win. I'm not kidding you. Ron Bauer's owners are like, really? <laughs> but down the stretch, look, he had more than everybody else. Yeah, he had more than everybody else. Guess what? Everybody's, t- you know, all those horses are tired. He's just less tired than they are. And he won. There'll be no Triple Crown winner this year. Fabian Platt, good for him. He wins a Triple Crown race. Now, he technically has a Triple Crown win because he was aboard Country House last year and or two years ago in the Kentucky Derby, which finished second. Then maximum security was DQ'd because it's a horse and gets freaked out by 
tens of thousands of people. I try to explain to Matt over and over again. I try try to explain it's an animal. I mean, animals get spooked. Um, so he gets the ride and the win. Uh, you know, Matt, of course, had to send a hateful text. Uh, I, eh, karma I for Bob Bafford and crew. You're you were directed at the horse. There's no you didn't even mention Baffert in there. <laughs> the animal stands in the barn, eats hay and apples. <laughs> That's all it does. And then they take it out, they run it around a little bit. Okay, great. They run the race. You act like the animal makes decisions. We don't even know if the animal wanted the race. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right, now, okay, that, of course, that was a serious story because you're trying to keep, you know, you're trying to keep everything as above board as possible. Now there's this story. Groups alleging uh, human rights abuses against minorities in China are calling for a full-blown boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympics. Uh, Uyghurs, Tibetans, residents of Hong Kong, others... They want to boycott. Games begin February 4th. If you go into the corner office, the suit already has it circled. There's nothing like watching the opening ceremony. What a great history you have. It began in 1949. What? Huh? What? No. What about the other years? <laughs> no? <laughs> You're a hater. I'm just telling you how they do things there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, you got to have one real person on the station. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Um, I mean, they got problems, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, seriously, they got problems over there. Uh, they got lots of money, but I mean, they have problems. Now, do I think they should boycott? No, I do not. I always go back to the story in 1980. I've told the story. I'll just quickly do a Cliff Notes version of it. Two friends of mine were Olympians in 1980. Char uh, Moret, now Char Moret Curtis. She was on the U.S. Olympic uh, field hockey team 1980. Gets the word while working out and was devastated. I think it was Joe DeAnge, who was the defensive end of the football team, told her. She was devastated. So she hung in there. She became an assistant at Old Dominion. And in 1984, she hangs in enough where she's back on the Olympic team in 84 in Los Angeles. And they beat Australia to win the bronze medal. The only medal the United States has ever won in field hockey, and Char won a bronze. She was able to hang in for four years and still play at a high level. Greg Fredericks, who lives here in Bullsburg, finished second on the U.S. Olympic team in the 10,000 meters. But for Greg Fredericks in his life, that was his peak moment. Like it, it, Athletically, he had peaked. There's no way he's going to make the 1984 Olympic team. No way. And he ended up with nothing. Now, to Greg's credit, you, asked, you talked to Greg about it, which I've talked to him a few times about it. His attitude about it's incredible. But when President Carter boycotted 
Summer Olympics in Moscow. You know who he hurt? He hurt Greg Fredericks. He hurt Shar. I don't think he hurt Lainey Brezhnev. Oh, he may have made him mad, may have ticked him off. But in reality, you know, it was Greg Fredericks' one shot. Didn't happen. Char was fortunate she got a second shot. So you take these life experiences of people you know, and now you put it into this equation here. And you have athletes being put in the middle of something. Now, I don't mind at all. The Ouija's should be telling the world, uh, excuse me, uh, we have a gigantic problem here as to how we're treated. Oh, and by the way, when you see the windmills, who do you think makes a lot of the propeller blades in the windmills? Care to guess, Matt? Them. Ouija's. Oh, Let's think about it next time you see a, a wind farm. All right? And, but to put the athletes in the middle of this. Now, this is the, look, the IOC. Okay, I, I want to point out something. The 2022 Olympics has become typical of what is happening in bidding right now for Olympic Games and for other events like, like World Cup. I've, I've told the story before. It's worth repeating. Remember when Abby Wambach was complaining about the World Cup 2015 in Canada and all the Canadian stadiums, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, I mean, everywhere, it's a, they're all artificial turf, field turf. And she said, we're disrespected, you know, the men are required to play on grass. Now, her point, I'll tell you where her point was valid. How often have you seen at the Meadowlands, whether the old giant stadium or the current MetLife, where they bring in trays of grass and they put it down, which is what they should have done for the women in 2015. But somebody had to pull her aside and say, uh, you do know that Canada was the only one that bid, right? What? Like, in other words, show a little more appreciation here. Like, they're the only ones that bid. Kazakhstan had gone after it, and it pulled out. Well, it's the same story with this. Many thought Oslo was going to get the 2022 Olympics. They pulled out. And the only two options were Kazakhstan, again, and Beijing. The International Olympic Committee didn't have a lot of options for the 2022 Winter Olympics. They just didn't. Michaela Schifrin, two-time Olympic gold medalist, said, here's the dilemma. He said, you certainly don't want to be put in the position of having to choose between human rights like morality versus being able to do your job. And that's what they're doing. They're sticking athletes in that part. Look, they, look they, she just wants to ski. It's okay. okay. Let the politicians work it out. The IO, and and this, is, this is on the IOC. Well, who's going to be damaged if well, I'm not going to go? I'm going to make my point. Who gets damaged by that? Oh, the athlete does. 
I don't blame them. Now, if you're a sponsor, okay, now you have a decision to make as to whether you want to put your money into it. I think that is where you hurt more than anything else. The IOC included human rights requirements. By the way, starting with the 2024 Olympics in Paris. No offense, France doesn't really, you know, pretty safe. U.S. 2028, pretty safe. Okay? Italy 2026 Winter Olympics, pretty safe. But the standards were put in, okay? but not to start until after Beijing. And let's see, there's a quote here from a representative of China in here somewhere. China's foreign ministry criticized the politicization of sports and said... Any boycott is doomed to failure. China has denied accusations of genocide against the Uyghurs uh, and said that boycotts fail. And boycotts, by the way, do fail. They really do. I mean, I'm talking about when it comes to, hey, countries boycotting Olympic Games. I mean, I mean the you know, Soviets boycotted here in 84. Did anybody care? No. Nope. IOC President uh, Thomas Bach said recently, quote, we're not a super world government. True. But you know darn well if you're going to look, this is where like like common sense doesn't come into play here. You didn't you didn't think that this was a possibility when you awarded it. But again, they didn't have a lot of options. The options were Oslo, which pulled out, Kazakhstan, which loses every... I mean, all Kazakhstan does is drive the bid up. You notice how Kazakhstan never wins. They're always the runner-up. It's like the Eagles from 1960 to 2017. Bridesmaid. Kazakhstan, Eagles, what's the difference? What? Reggie White, where'd he go? Up, Green Bay. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of a difference, but okay. I, I see where you're going here. Kazakhstan's just there to drive the bid up. It's like the guy that goes to the silent silent auction and like puts down numbers on, on all ten items. And somebody looks down and goes, okay, boom, and then somebody higher, higher, higher. All he did was just drive the bids up. Yeah, that's a total violation. But, you know, yeah. well... It's Kazakhstan. It's what they do. <laughs> it's dried the bit up. I do but, have one question, though, with this. I get sure. if they didn't have options, that's one thing. But you, you ultimately make the decision, if I'm understanding this correctly, of who gets awarded the Olympics. Beijing just mm-hmm. had them not too long ago. What was it, 2008? Eight. So... Mm-hmm. If you know these issues are going on in this country right now, 
then it would probably behoove, and you just had it not too long ago, it probably would behoove you to try to find some other option. But I get it. If there's nothing there, there's nothing there. It's not the first time well, that a, a country's had, had one when they just had one, you know, just a decade ago or whatever it was. Well, the United States had the 96 games in Atlanta, then had the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City in 2002. Right. But we didn't have well, any political a, issues is... then in, in, in that time frame. This, then the second time around, I'm talking about Beijing has political issues now. They always do. They always have. <laughs> I mean, let's pretend like the thing about 1949 was not a joke. They always have. Right. But this is worse off now than it was in 08, if I remember correctly. So all, all I'm saying is, and all I question is, did they try hard enough to make sure that they ex- exhausted all options before giving this back to Beijing? Well, many thought Oslo was going to get it, and they pulled out. Right, so that was in the hand. But mm-hmm. then after that, could they have done more to create other options if someone were to pull out, like Oslo? Money talks. Oh, I know. Right. Money money talks. I mean, I mean, you'll see the, you know, what's parked outside the corner office, a Lamborghini. I mean, you know, money, <laughs> money talks. And, uh, and let, let's, I mean, there's no getting around it. China is an extremely lucrative market on many fronts. That's why when Daryl Morey put out his tweet, why so many in the NBA were so horrified by it, because the NBA, which was shut out of China for a period of time, lost a lot of money. LeBron James was silent on China. Now, why? Well, as a businessman, it's not LeBron the brand, but LeBron LeBron is now into movies. Space Jam 2 is coming out, whatever the name of of it is now. But it's coming out this summer. What's a critical market for LeBron James to have for the movie to be ultra successful? China. I mean, why do you? I'll give you one. Why? Why do you think the James Bond movie is the, the twenty? The Bond twenty five has been delayed in release. Okay, the timing of it. The timing of it was when they wanted to release it. China was going into lockdown because of COVID. They couldn't have the movie released until the China market was open again. Why? Money. Money talks. They've got a lot of it. And I don't think the IOC wants to have China, I don't know, mad at them, not willing to kick in, not willing to whatever, because obviously... They want them bidding on, you know, for all the trouble, they want them bidding on games like this. They want to have the games get in there. That's why they got in 2008, and that's why they're going to get the winter games 14 years later. And believe me, I don't think they're going to... There'll be some point in the 2030s where Beijing's going to get the summer games again. 
Because, number one, they're willing to bid on it, and they don't care how much they spend on it as a government. This is being realistic. It's not, you know, I mean, haven't really got, I mean, as you notice, I haven't really gotten into the politics of anything. I've just talked about what the realization is. You've got to be real about it. But as for boycotting, look, I've, I've already seen this happen before. Guess who ends up being the one that you lose? Okay, it's the athlete that loses. I'm not really into having our athletes lose over it. I'm just not because if they don't go, what difference does it make in the in the in any of the lives of the protesting group? Explain what it's going to do. What Matt? What's it going to do if the United States boycotts? What, what's that going to do? Suddenly, out of nowhere, there's going to be a policy change. Probably not. But if a country like us Probably. were to boycott, it it would create some noise, let's just say. But would anything ultimately happen? Probably not. How long did it take the Soviet Union to get out of Afghanistan after the United States boycotted the, the Summer Olympics? That, that's a great example. Nine years. All right, back with more in a moment. Here, what, what, Was it going to be 12 years, but the boycott made it nine? No. We'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. If you own an RV, you know your home on wheels needs the same protection as your actual home. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. Whether you hit the road for a weekend or a few months, Purdy Insurance can cover all of your recreational vehicles. From RVs, ATVs, and side by sides to motorcycles and golf carts, offering you great coverage at the best price. Call Purdy Insurance at 570-286-5855 or request a quote online at purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. Boats. I mean, your business can benefit so much, by the way, by being associated with Purdy Insurance. It's more than just the insurance part of it. And it's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Roots, 11 and 15 in Hummelsworth online, sunburymotors.com. Beautiful day to go to the lot. Check it out. Phenomenal. Okay, go on out. And guess what? When you do, you can start dreaming, and yeah, you'll find out the sales staff is fabulous and understands your dream and figures out a way to make it come true. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Yeah, so, Matt, if I'm sitting there on the IOC, it's not as if Kazakhstan doesn't have problems. It does. Um, I mean, do I vote yes to go there? No. 
But once the vote is taken, the vote's taken. I'm, I would not encourage, personally, would not encourage any. You know, athletes have to make up their own mind. They want to boycott, let them boycott. You know, individually. But as Americans, they should be given the right to sit back and say, hey, I want to go and I want to compete. Now, fine. You know what? I say go to their turf, go down their slopes, beat the living daylights out of them on the slopes and win and get the medal and come back. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I'm with you. It's always fun going to somebody else's turf and taking it. All right. In fact, Florida State, under Bobby Bowden for years, had, what the heck was it called? It was called the Sod Cemetery. Anytime that they went, because early in Bobby Bowden's tenure as the coach at Florida State, they would go on the road. They played games on the road with no return because he just won. You know, he thought he had something going, and guess what? He, he it was difficult getting teams to go to Tallahassee to play, so they go to Tallahassee, and boom, you know, they would win games. So they started putting this thing together called the Sod Cemetery, and they had the ability, you know, over the years with all the wins that they picked up. Going on the road, that was a big deal for them. So, yeah, it's cool to go someplace and get it done. You see, this is what Matt does at golf courses. All right. Goes out, hits a seven iron, lands two feet from the hole, keeps the sod, puts it in his bag. It's all part of Matt's sod cemetery. <laughs> yeah. I will admit that's true, and that's what I'm trying to work on. Uh, well, we got uh, Tom in Sealands Grove. We do. Hey, Tom, how are you today? What a pleasure! Thanks, thanks for being with us. Hey, you're welcome, Steve. Uh, a fascinating story about Mr. Rosen, and when you mentioned about the uh, lifetime pass, I actually have one. It's uh, 100 years old, oh, over 100 years old. Uh, I'm originally from St. Clair, down near Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I, I live in Sealands Grove now. We had a guy back in the 1900s and 1910s in the the dead ball era, a guy named John Titus yep. from St. Clair who played with, played with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. And he uh, they didn't have children, and the uh, some memorabilia. There was a trophy the Phillies had given him, a home run trophy. It was, it was like a large cup, bats crossed with like a ball in the middle, probably about. 20 inches high or so and this past and this past I've I've been to Cooperstown a number of times I've seen brass ones but this one looks like it might be pewter you know possibly silver I'm not really sure but uh, it's it's to John Titus and my last name is is Lokitis and uh, you know so Lithuanian and and my dad took us down in the 70s uh, to the vet the one time about nine of us loaded in station wagon. Here he took the pass up to the ticket ticket booth. They actually gave him five five tickets. And when we were going through the turnstiles, the uh, security guard, older security guard, had spotted the the pass. He said, "Oh my God!" He said, "You got to come with me." And my dad wasn't on the air, but pre-game he took him up to the booth with Whitey and Harry to show yeah. him the pass. 
and they 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 re- recalled uh, they called this guy tight pants Titus, uh, kind of his <laughs> attitude. <laughs> you know, but but anyway, so but yeah, the, you know that um, I thought about that when you said the story. The other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Argo, the movie. Is yeah, it about for people who are too, about Tony yeah, Tony Tony Mendez Tony Mendez from the CIA, Ben Affleck plays the part of Tony Mendez, and how they got six American hostages out by way of the Canadian embassy, and how they used the fake movie Argo to essentially fool the Iranians and get them out of there. It is it was the Academy Award winner Best Picture 2012, I believe. And it, yes, it was yes. really, really well done, and I, I strongly recommend it. Hey, oh, and thank you for uh, taking my call. One, one last quick thing: um, I'm actually the guy who's friends with uh, Ed, uh, the Penn State guy, who's Penn yes. State fan who's been to yep. 460 some games. Yep, I saw Ed. I saw um, Ed at, and talked with Ed at Indiana back on October 24th. Yeah, that was amazing. Hey, I actually, uh, just as a quick sidebar, I dropped you uh, um, an updated message on him on LinkedIn if you get a chance to check it out at, at your convenience. That's great. I, I look forward to it. I will read it. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Th- thanks, Tom. That's right. Yeah, the movie Argo. Tony Mendez, CIA, played by Ben Affleck. Brilliantly, by the way, played by Ben Affleck. And I believe Alan Arkin's in it. John Goodman, I believe, is in it. And they put together a fake sci-fi movie entitled Argo, which has everything that goes with it. And what they do is they try to... These six got out, and the Canadian embassy was able to hide them, which, of course, puts them at risk. Tremendous risk. And Mendez gets in there as um, the producer of the movie and uses these six, you know, going through a market and so forth, looking for visuals for locations, things like that. And he's able to get them out. Of Iran and get them back. I mean, what the Canadian government did was phenomenal, but it's an excellent movie. Well done. Uh, It does not stray too much, uh, not a lot of um, poetic license based on what you read about the movie. And it got the six out. I mean, that should be part of you. I mean, have you seen the movie? I have it, no. Oh, I forgot. There were, there were lasers in it. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's on one of many things I need to watch. I'm very bad with movies. Well, it is... Um, it's outstanding. And... Uh, 
They they do. To be honest with you, it's. I, I believe, um, you know, for the most part, for the most part, it follows pretty close to what's going on or to what happened. And the... Let me see here. Uh, Ambassador Taylor of the Canadian government uh, did end up with the Congressional Gold Medal, which was presented by President Reagan. Now, President Carter would have done it, but, you know, because it happened. Just timing, that's why. Um, They, you know... I recommend it. I think, you know, I mean, it's really well done. I mean, and remember, you know, with a, uh, you know, there's a little political, you know, a little poetic license here and there, like with any movie. But remember this. I mean, I went to see Apollo 13, and when the spacecraft splashed down, people in the in the room, in the theater gave it a standing ovation. I looked around and go, what, you didn't expect it? <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> okay? Well, I'm watching, so when you're watching Argo, remember, they do get out. <laughs> they all made it back. <laughs> okay, so... It's, it's a movie based on a true story. So, don't go, yeah! <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? I already know they got back. <laughs> I'll never forget that, Apollo 13. Yeah! Made it," he said. "They're like, I just interviewed Jim Lovell like six months earlier. I know he made it. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. He showed Segor in the dugout, and he looked like he was angry after that misplay. Well, this is a world feed, and the Toronto television network that's providing the video just provided this with us just moments ago. Joe Girardi is saying something as he's walking away from Segura. Segura then starts yelling back, and Dusty Wathen has to stay stand in between him and Joe Girardi. JT Romuto comes over as well. Juan Castro is going to come over. We have no idea what was said. It looked like Joe basically said what he said at the end of last night's ball game. Catch the ball. Yeah. And and you can't blame Joe for doing it. And again, Gene is a grown man. Um, he definitely will let his feelings be known. 
That's your team. I mean, I know how much I love the Yankees. Yankees are the same way. <laughs> no, but that is a manager doing his job. And Gene Segura needs to get over himself. He treated Gene Segura the same way you treated Medina Spirit. <laughs> there you go. Do your job correctly. <laughs> First of all, it's okay to look at somebody and say, hey, look, catch the ball. <laughs> exactly. On. Nothing wrong with that. Come on, man. Got to be able to do that. Yeah. Look, if you're hired to be a manager, your job is to manage. Hey, okay? your job is not to babysit. Your job is to manage. And I think we forget that sometimes. You see all these blow-ups, coaches, whatever. It's it's almost like they're not. They can't say anything anymore. The heck with that. You know what? You don't like me getting on you. Play better. So I'd look at me and say, you don't you don't like what I'm saying to you. Play better. Simple as that. By the way, one quick footnote on the movie Argo. They set up um, uh, what was called Studio 6, I believe it was called. They did such a good job of setting that up in Hollywood which was a, a, a dummy corporation. They did such a good job that in the next few months, that studio received 26 scripts, including one from Steven Spielberg, because they thought it was real. <laughs> How about that? I mean, let's, let's be honest about it. That's... It's kind of cool stuff. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's not as cool as the you know Gene Sakura and like you know, yelling at Joe Girardi. See, you do you get into it all the time with the suit. And you know, we never see that. Did I lose you there? You alright? Yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting concerned about you. I, I mean, promise yeah. I had my mic on this time. I mean, I'm, first of all, mentally, you were on vacation before your birthday last week. You come back from, I, I see, I usually work on, on my birthday. I consider it to be, you know, another day of work. Yeah, but everybody has their own you know, way of going about life. It's okay. Right. <laughs> do what you got to do. You know, we've had fun today talking about great article. Quentin Del Wilbur wrote in the L.A. Times. I'm Barry Rosen, former 
hostage in Iran for 444 days and what baseball meant to keeping him alive mentally while being in solitary, beaten, and everything else that went with the 444 days, as he tells it. What it meant to allowing him to regain the trust of his children, who just were always afraid. Not that he did anything not trust, but he kept, you know, daddy's going to be gone for two years. Daddy's going to be gone for two years. Well, baseball sent the message that daddy's here to stay, and that meant everything to them. And it also tells you a little bit about the Mets organization, because <laughs> no, we don't honor those anymore. Get out of here. <laughs> Your owner's a multi-billionaire. Give the guy, let the guy bring five people to the game. Let's go. <laughs> Last I check, I'm not seeing any, a lot of sellouts. <laughs> not to mention uh, the one game he did go to, it was a typical Mets fashion loss. Yeah. <laughs> DeGrom, Come on. DeGrom pitched great, and they got, you know, they, uh, the ground pitched great, and they lost three nothing. But we don't honor those anymore. Okay, what idiot in public relations? And I do mean that. Okay, that is not idiot is not a light word. What idiot in public relations said, "Oh, this is a great idea." Tell them that no. Man, I'm if I'm Cohen and I'm running the Mets, that person is in my office getting dressed down right now. Like, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Who came up with that? That's stupid. Remember who we're talking about and who just had a big organizational cleanup. (laughs) I'm just saying, but I'm not saying it's him. I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. By the way, your name is mentioned in the article here. Based on a series of hating comments from Matt Catrillo. Of WKOK, Bob Baffert was suspended Monday from entering horses at any of the New York racetracks pending an investigation into Medina Spirit's failed post-race drug test. He will not be allowed to stable any horses at Belmont Park, Aqueduct, and Saratoga or run any of his horses at the New York Racing Association tracks. Wow. The ban includes races at Belmont Park with the Belmont Stakes coming up June 5th. Your comment, you're actually quoted in here several times. (laughs) Good for New York. Oh, that quote's in here in uh, paragraph 8. 